Hello, welcome to another podcast episode. I'm Ray. I've been away all week from Monday till Friday. It's Friday now, one o'clock, back at home after a week at a holiday camp with Trish, middle daughter, and her son, his seven, our grandson, seven-year-old grandson. Great fun. The weather, <laughs> the weather was dreadful, pouring, lashing rain and wind and not very warm. But we did get some breaks in the weather, so we went outside on the helter-skelter, the go-karts, those chair, what are they, chair planes Chairs that fly around and go mad. Some spinning things that goes round and round and up and down, and it just spins you until you're dizzy. I didn't go on there. I went on the carousel. Is it the merry-go-round? The carousel thing on the horses. They go up and down, up and down as you're going round. <laughs> so that was quite good fun. But it's just a shame about the weather. We had to wear our big coats all the time and wrap up nice and warm. The apartment that we had, I mean, it's a pretty cheap, basic holiday, you know. The apartment, <laughs> the apartment was a bit basic. Talk about basic. Hang on, here's a little audio clip of me showing you round. I took the recorder. And I'm sort of walking around the apartment, telling you all about it. Right, this is the the flat or the apartment. The kitchen's not too bad. The kettle, if you want a cup of tea, put the kettle on about half an hour before you want your tea. Because it is really <laughs> slow to boil. Uh, the TV is sort of alright. If you want to change channel, again, do that about 10 minutes before your programme starts. Because... It takes that long to change over. Now the bathroom, this is fun. The bathroom, here we go. The door, put the light on. The door, it won't shut if you have, no, it won't shut. I won't do it while I'm recording because you have to ram it with your elbow and jam it shut and then to stop it opening, lock it quickly. <laughs> and then to unlock it, you have to lean on it, unlock it, and then it'll burst open. The, <laughs> the basin, the tap, that is flat out. Absolutely flat out. Not Turn the light off. Not much more than a dribble from there. Uh, the bedroom, the bedroom door doesn't shut. Again, it does jam shut. But after a few seconds, it pops open again. What else have we got? Telly in the bedroom. Well, that just doesn't work at all. The window is jammed. The glass seal is all, rubber seal is all coming out. So it's very drafty there. The bed isn't too bad. It's sort of fairly comfortable. The shower... Now, this is the thing with the shower. Just going back to the bathroom, the shower. You have to stand under the shower for a long time. Now, what I did this morning was put shampoo on my hair. And I had to st stand there for ages. Because the shower, well, you have to run around beneath it to get wet. It just trickles out. I did actually manage to get all the shampoo out of my hair in the end. The view out of the window is not too bad. Does this TV work? Let's, hang on, let's try this TV. Yes, that's working at the moment. Um, it's a little bit hit and miss, 
But generally, the kind of apartment isn't too bad, really, I suppose. <laughs> it's, uh, what is it they say? It is what it is. Something else that's not good here is the Wi-Fi. I don't know what it is, but uh, wherever we go, the Wi-Fi is atrocious. It, it's ridiculous when you think about it. We've been to Somerset. We've been to the Isle of Wight many times. We've been to Butlins. We've been to the New Forest. We've been to Kent. Wherever we go, wherever we stay, whether it's a, a hotel, a lodge, a caravan, whatever, the Wi-Fi is atrocious. I don't mind it being slow. That's fair enough if it's a little bit slow. But to be honest, when it's just half the time, well, more than half the time, it doesn't work at all. There is no Wi-Fi. You would think in this day and age that at least you'd have some sort of Wi-Fi connection. Oh, one other thing here. I've just, uh, it's the evening now. I've just switched on the, the lounge light, the ceiling one. And there's a dimmer, which is quite handy. But the light flickers. It's flicker, 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 flicker. If you suffer from epilepsy, then it would not be a good place to sit in the in the lounge area here. Later on, I'll take you around the arcade. You'll love that, all the noises and the screaming kids. Well, that's interesting. A couple of ladies just been round. Everything to your liking? Any problems? Um, how long have you got? Sit down, have a cup of tea. <laughs> the door, two doors, in fact. The television, the shower, the basin. The list goes on and on, the flickering light. Right, OK, well, get a man. They wrote it all down. We shall get a maintenance man to come and have a look. To be honest, we weren't too bothered about any of it. The shower was the main problem. If we could get some water pressure, that would solve the shower problem. The flickering light and jamming doors and <laughs> stuff like that. That doesn't matter. It's only a base, isn't it? It's a base where you sleep, have breakfast, and then you're out for the day. So that's not a problem. Now, the maintenance man, he did turn up a little bit later. The maintenance man has been round. Not much he can do about the door. It seems to have dropped. He said, I'd have to take it away and plane it. And I thought, well, <laughs> we don't really want to be without a, a door at all. So I said, well, don't worry about that. The very low water pressure. He had a look at that, took a panel off in the bathroom and uh, someone's coming back later on to have a look i don't think he was quite sure what was going on there he's gone to get a new light bulb for the flickering light <laughs> all these problems i mean none of them are you know we can live with them none of them are severe enough for us to have to move to another apartment that to be honest that would be quite an upheaval but uh, it's all part of the fun i, I suppose <laughs> that's the way to look at it it's all part of the fun. I said, yeah, you can have a shower. I had a shower this morning. It just took rather a long time. <laughs> I think I, I mentioned all the problems to him. I've probably forgotten a couple. Oh, yes, that's something else. The fridge doesn't get very cold. I put some beers in there. And uh, several hours later, they weren't that cold <laughs> at all. But again, I could live with that. Warm beer, trickling shower, door won't shut. <laughs> And the light flickers. I think I can live with that. The maintenance man has been back with a new bulb for the flickering light. And it still flickers. <laughs> so he took the dimmer switch off the wall and fiddled with that. And it still flickers. It must be the dimmer switch itself that's knackered. So that's that. And the plumber man will be here later, hopefully. So, so far we've had 
what have we had actually fixed? Nothing. <laughs> Out of the, the list of jobs, nothing has been fixed as yet. He did say that the plumber would be back within an hour. Then he said, plus or minus a little bit. I said, yeah, fine, a bit of give and take, no panic. That was on Tuesday. He hadn't turned up by the time we left. So <laughs> the shower, the basin, we had to put up with that. In fact, nothing on the list actually got fixed. Now I'm home, I can have a, a proper shower, the door shuts properly, the beers get cold in the fridge. <laughs> we're not going to the club, it's Friday afternoon, we're not going to the club. Oh, I haven't told you the weather, well there's no need to tell you the weather. It's cold, lashing with rain, there's wind warnings for the south coast, it's just awful. And I believe this Saturday, you'll be listening to this Sunday, uh, yeah, tomorrow is, is it the 1st of April? So we're getting into April and we still haven't had any proper weather. Well, while I was away, I planted some onions. They look like little shallot things, onion sets. I planted those and the squirrel came round and dug them all up. Not to eat them. He dug the onions up because they were in his way. So he's put his peanuts, buried his peanut, uh, monkey nut things in there. Luckily, number one daughter, she was looking after the tortoise, coming round and feeding the tortoise and checking up on things. So she unplanted his monkey nuts, threw them on the garden and replanted my onions. And they're okay. I've just put some wire netting over them. But just going back to the holiday camp, I went there when I was 12 years old and I could see where the boating lake was. It's now a football pitch, not a full size one, but it's a football pitch. And that's where the boating lake was. And I only went there a couple of times as a kid, about 10, 11, 12 years old. They used to do sort of day trip things. And I remember going on the on the rowing boats there. It was fantastic. The whole thing, I mean, it's lovely for kids. You know, the whole uh, Monday to Friday, it's great fun for the kids. I was a little concerned. One evening, we went to see a, a show. They put on these shows for the children. And it was loud, very loud. And I mean very loud. My ears were hurting. It was too much. The bass, boom, boom, boom. And there were babies. When I say babies, I mean babies crawling on the dance floor, having great fun. But I just thought of their little ears, their poor little ears. It's not good, surely, to subject a baby's hearing to something like that. Why was it so loud? The DJ, the music, I don't know. Then the chap came on. Hello, boys and girls. Oh, he was shouting. I just don't understand. Is it me? Is it me? It must be just me. Everyone else was enjoying it. I was getting earache. Well, I was giving Trish earache <laughs> because I was getting earache. But I just felt that those poor little ones shouldn't be subjected to that amount of noise. It's just not right. Now, from morning, early morning, people are up and about having their breakfast. They're going out and about until well, fairly late in the evening there's this arcade and the arcade fills most of the place to be honest inside it's literally fruit machines slot machines everywhere you look you cannot escape and there are people there hundreds of people feeding coins into the machines permanently all the time pound coins 50 pence two pence pieces just non-stop they must earn thousands Honestly, it must take thousands a day. Someone's making a huge profit. But again, the noise. Now, I did record some. I, I don't know whether to subject you to this or not. It's probably not a good 
<laughs> not a good idea, but honestly, the noise, I'll just let you hear a little bit of it. I sat away from the machines as far away as I could and it was still that noisy. But one thought that came to mind, now here's the thing, here we are, here's the thing. I looked at the little kids and I thought, wouldn't they be better off in the woods climbing trees? Now I'm not being a, a miserable old devil or a killjoy, it's great fun for the kids, but they were there all day, most of them, feeding the, the machines. Wouldn't they be better off in the woods, climbing trees, having fun, looking in the pond for tadpoles and sticklebacks and I don't know. When I was young, yeah, we had fun fairs. Of course we had fun fairs. I used to go to them. They'd come once a year to the local park. We had a big park down the road and they'd set up all their gear. And I'd go along there in the evenings and at the weekend and it was great fun. But I wasn't there all day, every day like these kids were wasn't there all day every day anyway when I went what I used to do I'd follow the big fat cables on the ground do you remember that back in the, the 50s and 60s huge cables going from the dodgem cars and everything else going between the stalls you know you get all these stalls what is it hook a duck and uh, chuck a round hoop over a square bit of wood with a prize on it the hoop if you're lucky, would just about fit over the square wood, so then you win the prize standing on the, the cube of wood. But it was such a tight fit that you'd never get it over there. One or two maybe did. It was just a rip-off, basically. But I used to follow the cables between the stools, and then behind all the, the funfair business were these big lorries with big generators on the back, huge diesel generators. Fantastic. I'd stand there looking at the meters, volts and amps and the engine noise and oh it was fantastic and I remember a chap once he came up and he said oh what are you doing around here you're not meant to be around here and I said oh sorry I'm looking at the generator I must have been about 12 looking at the generator and he said well that's not much fun isn't it why aren't you enjoying the fair and I said no I'd rather look at the generator and he gave me a look and I'll never forget that look a knowing look he was all oily and had an old oily rag with him. He was obviously the, the engine and generator man. His job was to look after that lot. And he showed me round. And he said, put your hand on there. And I put it on the side of this engine. And I could feel it. I could feel it. And he said, that's how I tell if the engine is running okay or not. And also by listening. He said, listen to it. And I did. This diesel engine running and the general oh brilliant oh wonderful best time I've ever had at the fair and he said I listen and I feel the vibrations from the engine and I know that it's running properly slightest difference in sound any knocking or anything like that I'll hear it and I know something's not right anyway in the end he said look you better get out of here get back to the fair you get into trouble and I did I remember going home and I remember my dad saying did you enjoy the fair? No, I didn't go to the fair. I stood there watching the generators running. <laughs> oh, absolutely brilliant. That made my day. But what I was saying was, yeah, once a year we went to the fair. Not all the time. These kids are there all week. 
they're just stuck there all week with this noise. I just don't think it's good. I did have a go on one or two things back, you know, when I was young. I remember the air rifles. They they bent the sights or done something. Oh, here we go, news flash. What's happened now? Oh, I don't know, some rubbish. They must have bent the sights or curved the barrel on these guns because uh, these air rifles, you could never hit the target and it's only a few feet away. Same with the darts. You'd have to hit uh, certain playing cards they'd pinned up. And the darts would go off course. They'd done something to the flights on the on the darts. <laughs> None of it was fair as far as I can see. The only thing I did like when I was young was the dodgem cars. I used to like the dodgem cars. That was good fun. Mainly because you could see all the sparks. You know, the floor is metal. So that's one contact for the motor in the cars. And then the pole, you've got a big sort of spring thing and the wire netting at the top. So as you go around, the pole makes contact with the wire netting and it would spark. I like that. <laughs> I just drive around, not really looking where I'm going. I'm looking at all the sparks coming off the other cars. That was good fun. Of course, as I got older, I was still attracted to the diesel engines. Once a year when the fair came round, I started to look at girls, obviously, as I got older. And the fun fair was a terrific place to find girls because they used to go around in gangs. No, not gangs. What is it? A, a gaggle of girls or something. But I never lost interest in the diesel engines. I do remember as a kid, you know, those organs they've got on the various things that make this dreadful noise. I remember as a kid thinking, why is it so loud? Why does everything have to be so loud on the dodgems? And this is the 50s. I'm going around on the dodgems and the music, they've got these tannoy type speakers blasting down at you when you're driving around in your, in your dodgem car. And it was too loud. Everything was too loud. Do you remember those blokes used to hop on the back of your car? You know, the ones that worked there. People hated that. You get on your, in your car and you think, don't get on mine. Don't stand on the back of my car. But the, very often they did. They'd hop from car to car. I don't know what they were doing. Well, they were teenagers, weren't they? They were showing off, working at the fun fair, showing off to the girls, I expect. Now, I probably shouldn't say this, but one thing that was very noticeable as I sat there, people watching, not at the fun fair bit, but yeah, where the, the fun fair was outside, but where the arcade was the machines and all that, I sat there, I had a beer, sat there with a beer with Trish and I was people watching, I liked doing that and it just hit me that so many people, adults and children, were overweight. Now I'm not being rude or anything, I'm just, this is an observation. So many of them were hugely overweight. It's just not right. There was a girl sitting near us she was no more than 12 years old you could see that by her face and she had difficulty getting out of her chair and uh, going up the steps to where the, the bar was because her mum had gone up there and she went to find her she had difficulty getting out of her chair and going up these two or three steps it was just I don't know it's so sad to see that because maybe there's a medical problem I don't know I'm not <laughs> You know, if anyone's overweight listening to this, I'm not putting you down, I'm not being rude. I'm just saying that what I saw, perhaps they've all got medical problems, I don't know. Perhaps it's not that they all eat burger and chips all the time and nothing else, I don't know. But there are a lot of you know, these electric buggies, wheelchair type buggy things that you can go round in. There were a lot there, 
a lot, not just one or two, there were lots there. And the people in them weren't my age. You'd expect that someone in their 70s or 80s, okay, you know, they've done their hips or something and they're in a, a buggy type thing. These were people in their 30s, mainly women in their early 30s, and some even less than that, I'd say 20s. And they're, I don't know, just hugely overweight. It was sad. It was worrying. It was worrying to see these people so overweight at so young an age. It just, I don't know, what it, what is it? I mean, I'm not trying to blame anyone. I probably shouldn't even be talking about this, but what is it? Is it that people just eat too much processed stuff? I, I don't know what it is. Back in my day, when I was a boy, we had one uh, one of the kids at school, he was, he really was like a barrel, but he had a medical problem. I remember the teacher explaining to someone, because some kids said, why is he fat? You know what kids are, why is he fat? And the teacher said, it's all right, it's not, not deliberate, he doesn't pig himself or anything, he's got a medical problem. I don't know what it was. And he really was like, a, well, he was like a balloon, it looked like someone had pumped him up. I felt sorry for him. But what a shame though to see, and these adults, this, is, this made it worse, really overweight adults in their 30s, standing there, the kids had gone off somewhere, standing there, pound coin after pound coin in the machine, ka-chunk, 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 and then getting another handful of pound coins out of their bag, and just standing there, one, two, three, and I thought, where did they get this money from? <laughs> where on earth did they get all these pound coins from? And they weren't winning. I mean, you never win, do you, on machines? No one ever wins apart from the person that owns a machine. I don't know. But apart from that, I just thought I'd mention that. I probably shouldn't even mention that sort of thing on here. That's not what the podcasts are meant to be about. It was just an observation, though. It's, it's because there were so many overweight people and so many in these buggy, electric buggy things. I remember when I was a kid, I think the circuses have been banned now, haven't they? Or they're nothing like they used to be. When I was a kid, again, probably 11, 12 years old, parents took us all to the circus. I hated it. It was dreadful seeing these poor animals <laughs> being forced to do this and that. And that, the whole place, oh, the smell. It was the animals, obviously, but awful smell. And I do remember one, and this is funny again, one specific thing I remember about the circus. The Is he the ringmaster, whatever he's called? This chap in his red coat thing and hat. He came to the middle of the ring and he was shouting. I suppose back then they didn't have lapel type microphones. He was shouting. I thought, why are you shouting? You know, only a few yards away, you've got to shout. Hello, boys and girls, mums and dads. Oh, goodness me, my poor ears. You know, it's a wonder I'm not deaf. At my age now, it's a wonder I haven't got hearing problems. Sorry, what? Hearing what? Hearing problems? <laughs> I don't know. There we are. I wear glasses. I've got all my hair, but I wear glasses, so my eyes aren't as brilliant as they used to be. There's quite a few teeth missing. If you look at the back, well, no, you don't want to do it. Don't, don't look in there. <laughs> don't look in there, whatever you do. But I have got quite a few teeth missing. But uh, my hearing's okay, and I've got all my hair, so I'm not doing <laughs> too badly. When I say I like people watching, I do. I've always done that, even as a kid. Wherever we were, if we're on the bus, I sit on the bus looking at the other people trying to work out, well, what's she do? Where's she from? What's that bloke? Why isn't that bloke at work? What's he doing on the bus? Middle of the day, he should be at work. <laughs> I just always love people watching. Try it sometime, it's good fun. I remember sitting in the pub, when I first started going to pubs in my teens, 
early teens. Well, no, not before I was 18, of course. <laughs> and I'd sit, I'd get a seat somewhere and then look at all the people standing at the bar and watch what they do with their feet and their legs. You know, one's shuffling around, another one's flinging one foot up and then down and up and down. All, all these twitchings and stuff going on that these people used to do standing at the bar. I loved it. It's good fun watching people. I remember as a child going to the fair, back to the fair again, and the Dodgems, I think it was sixpence, a, a sixpence a car. So you'd pay for the car and you could get two people in the car. Was it sixpence or a shilling? I can't remember. But I, I do remember thinking it's very expensive. You could buy a tanner's worth of chips. A tanner is sixpence in the old days. You could buy a tanner's worth of chips that would come in a lump of old newspaper, second-hand old newspaper, and you'd get a load of chips for sixpence. And I remember thinking, because the chip shop was opposite the park, and I remember thinking, do I go on the Dodgems or do I go and eat a bag or a newspaper full of filthy old greasy chips? So I'd go and have the filthy old greasy chips. <laughs> I remember once I was at the at the fair and I used to walk around, a lot of the kids did, used to walk around looking at the ground because people would drop money. They were always dropping money. And I remember once I found a 10 shilling note. Now that was a lot then, 10 shillings. Now there's no one to hand it, you're not going to hand it into the fairground people because you know where that would end up, in the back pocket. So I thought this is a result and I kept it. I didn't spend it at the fair, I kept it, I took it home. My mum said, where did you get that from, that 10 bob note? I found it at the fair. There was always change on the ground. In fact, Trish, with our grandson, she got on one of these, what are these whirly things that you can spin them around, you sit in it, they're like semi-circular, the bar comes down the front and it goes up and down, up and down as it goes round and they spin, what are they called? I don't know, spinning hats or something. She sat in this one and she found, what did she say, seven pounds something in change on the seat. It had dropped out of someone's pocket. As she said, had she seen the person leave the, the car thing, she would have said, hey, look, all your money's here. But uh, no one, she didn't see anyone leave. She got in it, so she kept it. Seven, seven pound fifty or whatever it was in change. So that was a great thing at the fun fair. How I started doing that was I'd walk around looking at the cables thinking, oh, I like these big fat cables. You know, I want some at home and a generator in the back garden. And of course, then you started seeing the change. And I remember a lot of kids walking around all looking at the ground. And you think, oh, they're all uh, in a bad mood. They're all unhappy, but they're not at all. They're, they're looking for cash. <laughs> and we did find some. Not so many people carry cash these days. We had a few pound coins and that, and a two pieces for the machines. But very few people... Normally, you know, you'd have a, a pocket full of cash these days. I remember again on the bus, if I got the bus to school and back, you'd often find change on the seat or on the floor. I think people's men's trousers back then, they had these big side pockets and it was easy for money to fall out, I suppose. I found a watch once. I was with my grandfather walking along and I saw this watch on the grass verge by the path. And I picked it up and I said, oh, look, look what I found. And it was working. It was a nice watch. He said, right, what we do, we take it to the police station. And I'm thinking, oh, oh I want to keep that. <laughs> and, you know, he taught me the right way, the thing to do. Because we had police stations then in those days. We don't have them anymore. I don't think we've got policemen anymore. Well, if we have, I don't know where they are. I don't ever see them. So we go to the police station. And he said, my grandson's found this watch, look, just down the road. Evening all. 
<laughs> he didn't say that. Probably in the daytime anyway. <laughs> Morning all. And he said, right, details. And he took name and address and all that. He said, if no one's claimed this in three months, within three months, you know, it's yours. And that three months was the longest three months that ever went by. I remember, <laughs> I remember I had a little diary thing and I'm ticking off the days. I put in there when I can go and see if the watch was still there. See if the watch was still there. Anyway, we went back and it was the same policeman there. And I said, uh, yeah, my grandfather's with me. I said, I've come about the watch. Again, I was, what, 10 or 11. The officer said, right, hang on a minute, lad. Because they called you a lad, didn't they? <laughs> lad. Anyway, he came back with the watch. He said, there you are, that's all yours. <laughs> so I got it. And as my grandfather pointed out, I got it in a nice way. Tried to, you know, given it into the police station, hoping that someone wouldn't, I mean, would collect it, would go and claim it. They didn't, so it was mine. And I had that watch for many years. It was, a, I forget what make it was. It was a nice watch though. It was a man's watch with a leather strap. And I remember having to make extra holes in the strap because I only had a thin wrist. Because <laughs> I was skinny then. Do you know my friends at school used to call me a human skeleton? And I was. In fact, my mum was telling me recently, we were talking about her dieting. She's been dieting since I can remember, since I'm kind of two years old. She started dieting. And she's dieting now and she's 90, whatever. And I forget what I was going to say now. Oh, that's right. She said that one or two people said to her, are you feeding him properly? You know, pointing at me because he looks very thin. And she said that I was thin. She said I used to eat like a horse, but never put on any weight at all. I could eat what I like. And in my teens, eat and drink what I like, you know, fish and chips, beer, more chips, greasy chips more beer, <laughs> and my weight never changed till I got to about 30. Oh dear, the miserable 30s. Well, they weren't miserable, they were good fun. But uh, I started getting a bit of a stomach and I remember my mum saying, you got a bit of a stomach. I said, that's healthy eating. She said, no, it's not, it's pigging. <laughs> pigging, that's nice, isn't it? If every now and then you hear a weird noise, kind of like that, I've got an air fresher in, in here, one of these automatic air fresheners, because it uh, stinks of old radios in here. No, it's it's just up in the corner. Trish brought it the other day, and uh, we thought it might make my room smell a bit fresher. It actually stinks. I'd rather smell the old radios. They've got a certain smell, haven't they? Old radios, old things. Isn't it funny how a certain smell can bring back mem memories, flooding back to you, of, I don't know what it might be, changing rooms at school. Wasn't that awful? I remember our changing room, all boys' school. Good grief. What a stench it was in socks and armpits. And oh, Sorry if you're eating your dinner. Honestly, our changing room, no wonder I never liked sports. You get in the changing room and you, you get this nose assault. <laughs> Dreadful. But isn't it funny how a certain, you might be somewhere in a certain smell, you just wafts on your nostrils and you think, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so, <laughs> of whatever. Strange that, because we smelt something. What was it? We smelt something. Trish said, smell that. And I said, yeah, I can. And it reminded us of um, a holiday we'd had years ago at a certain place, but we couldn't quite place what the smell was. But we both recognised it from a place we'd stayed at years ago. There was one thing that we went back to several times at the holiday camp, and that was a football pool. 
Now, have you heard of that? You know how you play pool on a pool table? Do you know I've never actually played pool? I played snooker and bar billiards was my game. Bar billiards, I used to love that. I was in the bar billiard team at the Norfolk Hotel, which was a pub. Don't know why it was called hotel, because it wasn't. But I was in the team there and our team used to win regularly. But this pool, I used to play snooker, I like that. But pool, it was a huge, like a pool table on the floor with footballs. Green footballs, red footballs and the black football and the white football. And they were the pool balls. And you kick them. <laughs> and we played that. That was great fun. You know, it's just like playing pool, with a, but without a cue. Instead of a cue, you use your foot. And instead of the balls being sort of two inches diameter, they're big footballs. That really was good fun. Of course, we could all play that. We all joined in. Even me with my bad knee. My knee was awful. You don't hear about my knee. It was awful on holiday. I'm going to go and have to have a knee amputation, I think. A kneeectomy or something. I've got to go somewhere and get it looked at. It's, it's, it's a year in June. No, in July. It's getting worse. But what a fantastic game. And I wonder whether we could make something like that for the garden. Um, like a big pool table and footballs because it really is good fun. Talking of the garden, I've just been out there. It's now Saturday, midday, 11 centigrade, which is what, 52, I think, Fahrenheit, 76% humidity, 1005 millibars on the barometer. And the wind, well, it's just a breeze now. Come right down to just a breeze, which is nice. Of course, we're in April now, April the 1st today. Apparently, March was the wettest, this is in the UK of course, the wettest March since 1981. How about that? I thought we had a lot of rain. Three times the normal monthly rainfall for March. Three times the amount of rain. Now one of the gardens soaked, the lawn wants mowing. The grass is absolutely soaked. You can't even walk on it, it's just mud. But we are getting there. When the sun does come out, you can actually feel the heat which, oh dear, what a love. I've been waiting years, it seems, all winter for this. And it's almost here. It was nice to sleep in our own bed last night. I know holidays are great. Breaks, weekend breaks, week breaks, they're all good. But isn't it nice to get home? I always think so. The best part of a holiday for me is when I get home. I know most people say, oh no, the holiday's coming to an end. I don't want to go home. I do. I love my home <laughs> and the garden, of course. Did I tell you about the squirrel? I think I did. Yes, he he dug up all my onions. But uh, I've told you about that, so I won't bore you with that anymore. Geraniums are coming on well. Of course, in the old days, now I have wondered about this, if food prices are going to go up and up and up, as they seem to be. Apparently now we're in April. Everything is going up drastically, dreadfully, terribly, awfully. I'm wondering whether to dig up the lawn and make it into a, a huge vegetable plot. In fact, a friend of mine I was talking to on the radio the other day, you know, one of these nerds I talked to, he said that he has, he's got quite a big garden. He has ploughed, he hired a plough thing, a handheld plough, petrol driven thing, and he's ploughed up half the lawn in his back garden. And initially I said, what for? What are you doing? You know, paving it? That's dreadful to pave it all. You need the drainage. No, no, no. He said, no, huge vegetable plot. He's got loads of plans and ideas for this massive vegetable plot. I haven't been round there yet. He did say, do you want to come round and help? And I said, no, no, I've got my own garden to do. I can't help him with his. Another friend of mine 
you know, I've got this Lister stationary engine I'm always harping on about. Well, this friend of mine, he rang me and he said, guess what I've just bought? Don't know, Tony, go on, what have you just bought? A Lister stationary engine, exactly the same as mine. So that's good. He wanted us to go together to these shows, you know, and sit there with our engines running. But no, I just don't have the time. I really don't have the time. Some people that are retired, they say to me, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. I'm so bored. Nothing to do now. I've left work. I don't have five minutes to be bored. Neither does Trish. I've got a list here on my desk. Here it is. There's my list. I've done some of these. Look, shed roof, fences. It just goes on and on. I won't read it all. On and on. A list here, which I've got to do this summer. Or preferably this spring. I think it is officially spring now, isn't it? Hopefully it is. Do you remember talking about this the other day to a friend of mine? Do you remember Sunday lunch at the pub? Not eating. Sunday lunchtime at the pub. It opened at midday. This is when we used to have the early closing and all this business with pubs. They can open, I think, now 24 hours a day. Is it? Well, not 20. No, they're open all day. I don't think they can open all night as well. But we used to meet at the pub. This is when I was young, when I was a boy. 12 o'clock, we'd all be standing outside the pub door. And uh, it looked like a bunch of alcoholics, people all driving past, looking at us lot, only sort of a dozen of us, all kicking our feet around outside the pub, looking at our watches. When's it going to open? It was only open till two o'clock, a couple of hours. The door would open, we'd all pile in, have only a couple of beers and a good old chat about everything, you know, put the world to rights, look round for girls, any girls in there? No, girls didn't get there Sunday lunchtimes. I'm going back to the 60s and 70s. I don't know why the girls didn't get in the pub. It was mainly us lads. And then at two o'clock, the bell would go, ding, ding, right, get out, you lot. Haven't you got any homes to go to? Go on, get out. (laughs) And of course, then we'd go home and it opened again in the evening. So we'd go back (laughs) in the evening. And that was Sunday. That's what Sundays were all about. Sunday at the pub. And then this is before I was married, of course. And uh, then home for Sunday dinner, (laughs) which was normally about three in the afternoon great fun a lot of these things have gone a lot of the kind of tradition I mean now the pubs on Sunday when do they open 10 in the morning I don't know I don't go to pubs anymore can't afford it 10 in the morning till midnight or whatever they close and of course also on Sunday it was half past 10 closing in the evening so they opened at 12 closed at 2 opened at 6 I was at 7 Sunday and closed at half 10 and in parts of Wales, went on holiday once in Wales, went to the local pub, it was Sunday, closed. Oh, OK. We were tapping on the door and this chap came out, he said, we're closed. Oh, when do you open? Monday. What? Monday? He said, no, no, we closed Sundays. And all the pubs in the area we had to were closed. We had to drive 14 miles. We weren't desperate for a drink or anything. It's just that, you know, there were a few of us on holiday and we thought we'd go out and have a few beers and a chat. We had to drive 14 miles to the next town or area where they were open on a Sunday. I don't quite understand that. I don't know why they did that. I don't think that's the case now in Wales. I don't know. I haven't been back there since. And that was, goodness me, when was that? That was the 70s. Yeah, that was 70s. Must be 75, in fact, because I went to California in 75, then went up to Wales the same year. If there's anyone living in Wales, any Welsh people, 
do you still close your pubs on a, a Sunday? Was it Saturday as well? No, I believe it was just Sundays, in fact. So anyone let me know if you still close the pubs on a Sunday. I doubt that's the case now, but I certainly hope not. Weekends in the old days were very, very different. I mean, these days you just totally, totally different. Back then in the 60s at the weekend and the 50s, that was dad's day off. Most dads worked a six-day week. In fact, I did. When I first went to work as a an apprentice radio and TV engineer, six-day week, half eight in the morning till five, was it, no, half five, I believe, six days a week, then you've got Sunday off. So weekends, really, for families, all together with dad as well, obviously the kids were off school on a Saturday, the weekend was Sunday. And of course, if it rained, well, that was it, the weekend was ruined. I remember my dad, my dad getting quite depressed, well, not depressed, but fed up. He'd wake up Sunday morning, I'd hear him groaning, oh no, here we go, isn't it marvellous? <laughs> and it's lashing with rain, you know. I mean, I didn't care. I was listening around, tuning on my radio, listening to radio stations from all around the world. So it didn't bother me. Unless, of course, I wanted to put up aerials and things in the garden, then it did bother me. But weekends were very, very different back then. I remember when some people started to get Wednesday afternoons off. There was half-day closing and some people had Wednesday afternoon off, which was nice. Bit of a break in the middle of the week. And then eventually, of course, it became a sort of five-day working week. Anyone that had to work on a Saturday would have a day off in the week. And it changed over the decades. Everything's changed, hasn't it? There were no shops open on a Sunday. Now, you youngsters listening to this, and I know there are quite a few around the world. How about that? All the shops on Sunday closed. It's Sunday, day of rest. You don't have shops open. Well, in Wales, the pubs weren't open <laughs> in parts of Wales. I don't know about Scotland. You know, I've never been to Scotland. It's bad, really. I should have gone to Scotland at some stage in my life. I've never been to Ireland. That's only across the water. Just going back to weekends in the 50s and 60s, when I was a kid, the rain didn't put me off from going over the woods. No way. If it's pouring with rain, well, if it's torrential, obviously I would wait till it calmed down a bit. But if it's just raining, I'd still go over the woods, put my Wellingtons on, put my plastic Mac on. Do you remember plastic Macs? They're not called that now. What are they called? Gazebos. No, that's not right. That's a thing in the garden, a gazebo. Gonzola, Gonzala. What are they called? Do you know, I can't remember what they're called. Anyway, oh, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean, a plastic Mac. That's when they were proper things, a proper plastic Mac, none of this modern rubbish. So I'd go over the woods. And it was lovely in the rain, in the woods, going to the trees and the rain, you can hear it all falling on the leaves and the trees are dripping water all over you. Fantastic. And of course, that was the time for the frogs and toads, I suppose, to come out of the pond. We had a couple of ponds and quite a large lake. The lake was out of bounds. So we went there, of course. Big notice. Trespassers will be prosecuted. Wow, we better go in there and have a look see why we're going to be prosecuted if we go in there. <laughs> I think I told you before, we did get caught by Mr. Somerset. Somerset Lake, it was. Private fishing and all that. What are you boys doing here? Oi, get out of here, you lot. <laughs> We've only come to have a look, mister. Now, he was all right, actually, Mr. Somerset. Met him a few times on my ramblings in the woods and uh, climbing trees. You be careful up there, lad. <laughs> You'll end up in hospital. He was all right, old Mr. Somerset. I quite liked him. But the frogs would come out of the pond. The newts, they'd come out and have a look round you because they liked the water. Everywhere was wet. 
and it was great. You know, we'd sit there watching these frogs and things hop about, <laughs> making their rivet noises. It was better when the sun was shining, but uh, the rain certainly didn't spoil our day. Us kids, you know, we'd pile over the woods and just have as much fun. Well, almost as much fun. Okay, two things. I've been away all the week, as you know. And the other thing is the sun is shining. So I'm now going to go and do some more in the garden because, knowing my luck, we're going to have the wettest April <laughs> since 3000 BC or something daft. So make hay while the sun shines. If you want to email me, raiserants at protonmail.com. Be great to hear from you. If I am a little bit slow replying, then it's just because it takes time. I like to answer the emails fairly fully, if you know what I mean, not just all oh, hello, thanks, goodbye. So it does take time and I do seem to get rather a lot and they pile up, of course, but I would love to hear from you. Oh, by the way, you know, the Facebook page has gone now for Ray's Rants. I did away with that. I don't know how many of you actually went there, but it was a bit pointless. Had a few messages about that. Several people, they've closed their Facebook accounts and Instagram and goodness knows what else. I think some people, it depends on your age, doesn't it? Oh, what was that? News alert or something. What's going on? Hang on a minute. Oh, no, that's a message from Larry. Hello, Larry, if you're listening. I shall have a look at your email in a minute. <laughs> what was I saying? Yes, it depends on your age. Facebook, I think, was it becoming for older people, becoming more older? I don't know. Then there's Instagram. They're all different ages and types of people and things to be honest I got fed up with the whole lot especially Facebook it I don't know it just got silly in the end with the adverts but uh, a lot of you have messaged me and said well you know you closed Facebook ages ago I don't know what other platforms there are there's Reddit is there? I don't know what that does various other is there we too or we we or something I don't know anyway listen you lot take care I'm going out into the sunshine and I've got to do a little bit in the garden. So I shall see you on Wednesday with another midweek message. We're into April now. So get your shorts out, you lads and the girls. Get your bikinis out. Summer's coming. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye for now.